Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica. Okay. It is officially Christmas week. So now we can say it is Christmas week and (laughs) we can start talking about holiday stuff. What is your favorite and least favorite holiday food gift to get ever from when you're a child to now? What was the, what's the best and worst? My favorite is the Royal Danish cookies. It's the one that comes in the blue tin. And it's, (laughs) it's so funny because I don't even think the cookies are that good. They just remind me of being a kid. Like I used to love when my family used to get them from other people, we'd get family gifts. And um, even today when I get one of those, that just totally takes me back. So that's my favorite. My least favorite is, <laughs> I'm just going to say it, uh, Russell Stover chocolate. So you can buy these at the, you know, the grocery store or at drug stores, convenience stores. They're just not really good. And I just, any, I cringe anytime somebody gives them to me and I feel really bad, but I just don't like them at all. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Nelson? Oh man. Okay. First of all, those Danish cookies bring back so many memories because (laughs) how is it three layers or two layers of those, of those things? Is it? I think it depends on the size of the tin, but I think most of them are just two, but you can buy like these really like tall ones too. So everybody knows I have some sort of an OCD where I like to eat in certain patterns or I eat certain ways of certain things. Mm -hmm. And for this, I'll always try to eat all of the, the first level before I get into the second level. Oh yeah. So I just have to force myself to eat those worst cookies before I can like start <laughs> a new layer again. Yeah. Just... Like that one shortbread without the sugar crystals on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I that one. <laughs> leave that for last. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got, I got to eat this before I can get into the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I eat this. My favorite. And I just thought of another one off the top of my head. Almond Roca. Mm-hmm. I love anything toffee during the holidays even if someone makes toffee on their own they make homemade toffee i'm like i'm so excited that's the best thing but <laughs> almond roca i used to get this we used to get tins of almond roca from mm-hmm. i don't know aunties and uncles that aren't related that aren't really officially aunts and uncles but are like asian aunties and uncles they would mm-hmm. give us those tins and seas candy we would we get the boxes of seas candy yeah. too as well yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot. Macy's. Frangos. Frango. We used to get, we used to get a lot of Frangos too. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Those, those three. I know you, you asked for best and worst, but I'm just, I'm just starting <laughs> to remember. All these like holiday memories are coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Although shame on those aunties and uncles who just give us the Frangos that are just the, the mint flavor. Oh, you like, like the, the mint chocolate? That's a classic. What the? No, what the heck, man? Give us the assorted <laughs> ones. Give us the assorted ones. You're just going to give us mint chocolate? That's gross. No, well, absolutely Well, come on. Not. In fairness, back in the day, Nelson, mint chocolate was it. I mean, you didn't have 20 different flavors of Frango, right? That's that's true, but they had like an assorted flavor. And then now you can buy, now you can go to Macy's and you can buy the ones with toffee in it, the ones with coconut. There's tons. So it's no. So if you're going to give me the mint ones now these days, you are not my friend. It is not... No, it is Ooh, on. So please, Nelson, <laughs> don't open your Christmas gift. Just give me a minute. <laughs> just give me a minute. Just uh, just on the DL, you should not open that. <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't I didn't even say the worst thing to get. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the worst thing. My worst thing 
are those packs of 12 or 15 or 20 candy canes and they're all peppermint <laughs> they're all peppermint flavor it's it's the you know what it is monica it's mm-hmm. it's those regular candy canes that are the red and white stripes mm-hmm. uh, and then everybody hates the fruit punch colored ones the the yellow ones with the stripes around it i love those those are the <laughs> those are my favorite i can eat those all the time those but, are gross um, pe- <laughs> <pepper-y>. <laughs> Candy canes are supposed to be peppermint. That's their whole deal. No, <laughs> you like no. the Starburst, the box of Starburst yes. candy canes. Gross. <laughs> Ain't nobody I... want no lime candy cane. <laughs> Nelson. If I can get through the whole holidays without peppermint, although I'm starting to grow, peppermint bark is starting to grow on me, but mm-hmm. everything else, peppermint, that's the worst thing of the holidays is everything peppermint. I was like, oh, disgusting. Let's wait. Is that, is that on. why there was like peppermint bark cookie in my cookie bag last week? <laughs> well, I, it was part of the, it was. <laughs> wait. <laughs> You gave me all the stuff you didn't want. <laughs> no, no, no. It was part of the whole set. I contemplated giving you more of the peppermint bark. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I was I like, just gave wait. You... <laughs> I just gave you one instead. Okay. They were good. <laughs> yeah. They were they were good. Like I said, it's starting to grow on me, but uh, I'm not a fan of peppermint. It's just not good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only good thing for peppermint, and I, I got this, is for gastrointestinal issues. Like if you had GERD or something like that or mm-hmm. anything with stomach, mm-hmm. I was trying to find a remedy, a home remedy for mm-hmm. it. And they said peppermint. If you suck on peppermint, they have some agent in the peppermint ingredient that mm-hmm. allows you to calm your stomach down. Mm-hmm. So there, I guess peppermint does have one good thing in this <laughs> world. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to our show. This is episode 67 of the Seattle Foodie Podcast. I'm Nelson. She's Monica. Monica, we only have two recaps. We were writing our show rundown. I almost said we had no recaps because it's, (laughs) let's just face it. I was trying to get through the week so I could get through two weeks of vacation for the rest of the year. And I totally forgot about these recaps, Mm -hmm. but we have no, no events and Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that later. And we're going to do a special segment of an Ask Me Anything, an AMA. Yeah, let's get on to it. Monica, I'll start it off. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Monica was actually out on the east side this week, you guys. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always out there now. <laughs> Come on. I'm always out on the east side. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's true. I have been I have been checking your Zillow account, and you've been checking all those houses on the east side. So... <laughs> We had the chance to check out 47 North Bar and Bistro. It's located inside the Hilton Garden Inn in Bellevue. We started out with a delicious cocktail, which was called the Apricot Joy. We then proceeded to try out the new menu launch from Chef Kieran Fleming. If you saw our stories recently, we sampled a lot of the new menu items, which included the baby beet salad, smoked brisket sliders, seared Brussels sprouts, schooner bay salmon, Oregon Coast albacore tuna. Those last three were the main courses. And as for dessert, wow, I thought they were pretty unique, Monica. We had a cheesecake with Honeycrisp Apple and Dolce de Leche and the chia seed pudding. And there was also a red wine poached pear. You don't normally see those from a hotel restaurant, Monica. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. I'll say that it's a good thing it was in the middle of the day because that apricot joy, that cocktail was delicious. 
and I think I could have drank a lot, lot, lot of them. So at least, you know, <laughs> I had to take it a little easy. And you're right, Nelson, I'm all about desserts. I'm always the one who's like, hey, where's your dessert menu? They, they were different. Um, I am a little bit disappointed in some of our foodie friends because that chia seed pudding, it, the, the flavor profile was very clearly passion fruit. and Everybody thought it was mango, but two totally different flavor profiles. Uh, they sort of mediated at the end and said that there was mango and passion fruit, but I, there was no taste of mango in there, but it was so delicious. I love it. I thought that there was a little bit of sourness in it, so I didn't mm -hmm. think it was mango, but mm -hmm. passion fruit, I would have made the guess too, but I, I really didn't try that hard to guess what it was in it. I just ate it. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> just... We were over there like analyzing, like doing the taste <laughs> test. You were too busy taking pictures. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, this is good. Chia seeds. I don't really normally have chia seeds with my dessert, but... Yeah, mm. I'm all about that cheesecake. I love cheesecake. You know how much I love cheesecake. It's my favorite mm -hmm. dessert. And I don't even like desserts. Mm -hmm. the, the desserts, like I said, give me a 16-ounce steak as my second second dessert. That's fine. I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll need to tell restaurants ahead of time that they need a meat option on their dessert menu. <laughs> they should. They should. They put like they put dessert wines. Why can't they have dessert steaks? Can't they do a dessert? <laughs> dessert steaks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I'll get on right on that. I was very pleased with the all the items from the menu. The house Reuben. I thought that was really delicious. Oh, the smoked brisket sliders. Those brisket was really tender in that. It was. It didn't look tender. So I was concerned. But when I bit into it, it was really good. You guys, if you are near Bellevue, you want to check out 47th North Bar and Bistro. Restaurants are starting to pop up. Give this one a shot. I've, I've checked it out. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And oh, the apricot joy. Yes. I was convinced mine didn't have alcohol in it because it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're drinking another one. <laughs> it's not alcoholic. It could have been. <clears throat> it could have been. I was, I don't know. I, I tasted no alcohol, Monica, and mm -hmm. it was delicious. I yeah. want to get that again. I want totally. to go back. Went, went down yeah. easy. <laughs> Definitely. Now I know where, now I know where to go to wait out traffic in Bellevue because mm -hmm. traffic because normally I go to like a couple spots just to hang out, but I 47th North Barnes Bistro is going to be one of the places I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Monica, tell us another event. I, I totally forgot about this event because it was so early in the week that we did it and I totally <laughs> forgot about it. So tell us about this one. Yeah, last week, uh, Nelson, you and I had the pleasure of visiting Sugar Mountain's office. And Sugar Mountain is behind brands like Beecher's, Mishima Reserve, and The Butcher's Table, just to name a few. While we were there, we had a chance to see their gorgeous test kitchen, and I am so in love, and also share a staff meal with them. I had the locomoco, and Nelson, you prodded me to cut into it with a fork and knife like that's a thing. <laughs> so here it is at Momo Shares. Serena, you are more than welcome to hand model for Nelson because I'd rather <laughs> not ever. <laughs> So, uh, Nelson, what is do it the way Momo shares does it, Monica? Do it the way Momo share does it. That's what that's that's how that's what I said on Monday when I was trying to direct you on how to how to yes. be my hand yes. model. And what you received in return was a string of expletives that cannot be repeated <laughs> on air because that's exactly what it was. It was BS. Yes. <laughs> So yes. uh, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you didn't say any I'm glad you didn't swear because this is a family show. Kids are listening to this show. Yeah, kids so, are listening to the show. By the fireplace. No shame, no shame using expletives in front of the marketing team and all the other people <laughs> who work there <laughs> as they're trying to get their lunch. <laughs> 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 okay, so Nelson, what did you have? 
I had a couple of things. I had the huli huli chicken as well as the Kalua pork and their mac salad. Mm. Monica, this they, of course Monday was apparently in a Hawaiian theme. They they choose they do different themes mm-hmm. every day. Um, we just happened to have Hawaiian that day. Or I loved my Kalua pork, very mm-hmm. tender. The mac salad, man, they gave you a huge portion of the mac salad. Yeah, that was huge. That was really huge. And I wouldn't say it was traditional uh, Hawaiian food, but it was a nice take on it. I mean, there were a lot of really great mushrooms in the gravy for the local mocos. It was really delicious. And that egg. Did you see them? We, we saw them crack the egg and all of a sudden mm-hmm. just slides out from yeah. that poached egg. Wow. Just slides out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just slides out. Yep. <laughs> So good. Um, (laughs) You know, it's really great to get to know people better over a meal. So thank you to the marketing team of Sugar Mountain. Looking forward to more in the future. (laughs) And Monica, maybe you can help me answer this question. I believe it is open to the public for staff meal. Um, It is open to the public, but they don't really advertise anywhere. They do have an Instagram. um, And also, you know, it's kind of off the beaten path. So it's it's on the side of the street. Yeah. So it is. They did mention that it's kind of a, it is open, but it's kind of, is not open. You know, <laughs> yeah. so, so our yeah. final answer is it's kind of open to the public. <laughs> Look for the tag in our post. <laughs> so guys, it's a speakeasy. It's a speakeasy <laughs> restaurant. That's what it is. <sighs> Monica, that's pretty much our recaps. And like I mentioned, we don't have any events because it is the holidays. It is christmas if you're spending christmas and christmas eve coming up on tuesday mm-hmm. we could have done this whole event huge event section and tell you all these places that does christmas dinners but there are just way too many restaurants that are doing christmas dinners mm-hmm. everybody has their own tradition everybody has whatever they want and plus last year we also did we did the christmas dinner show too as well so you can yeah. go back to last year's episode and check it out we thought it might be fun to do an ama because we have archived several questions and we decided to pick five questions that we thought would be fun to answer during the show for our holiday season. Mm-hmm. Monica, I'm going to go ahead and start it off first. Sure. The first question is from our friend and also friend of the podcast, Life of Jess. Jesslyn says, what cuisine would you like to see more of in Seattle? So Monica, why don't you take this one? Oh, sure. I'd love to see more Cuban food. There's a couple spots in Seattle, but I, I wouldn't say that it's robust at all. And so that, that would be interesting to get more authentic Cuban food. I'd love to see more food on sticks. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. <laughs> but, you know, I spend so much time on the streets and walking around and running from place to place that I love food that's grab and go. I love skewers and they're just easy to eat and they're not too filling. You can eat a bunch of them. You can try a bunch of different things. So yes, more food on sticks. Um, and I want to see some quality Italian ice. As far as I know, there's only one mm, place in yes. the area that does Italian ice. And I know we're not in a warmer climate, but I feel like the door is opening for other frozen treats. So some nice quality Italian ice with some soft serve would be fantastic. I totally agree with you on the more food on sticks. Mm-hmm. And especially since our friend Feed the Pudge and Momo Shares, again, another shout out to Momo Shares, has they've just went to Japan and yes. you see those different stalls and they're doing the izakaya just on the mm-hmm. stall, just the street food. Yes. I think there needs to be, I don't know, there's there's a lot of food regulations and things in Seattle. So a lot of red tape to get through in Seattle, but I just kind of thought of this. It'd be nice to have um, street food, a lot more street food that you can just really get and purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as like in China, there's a lot of you know a lot of those night markets. Kind of nice to mm-hmm. have just this mm-hmm. there. 
personally, for me, I want to see more dessert spots. <laughs> Monica, I, I love... Because because you love dessert? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's not the point. Not the point, Monica. You know how much I love Snowy Village. Snowy Village yeah. is awesome. I love Snowy Village. It's, it's a great place to get dessert after dinner. But... Uh, let's be honest. It's it's only one of a few dessert spots that you can just go after. Mm-hmm. That and probably off the top of my head, hotcakes. And what's what's one more spot that you can go to for dessert? I mean, that that's literally the two that I can think of off the top of my head. It'd be nice to have something with more variety. Mm-hmm. Churros, other than Pablo y Pablo that has that serves really good churros. I can't think of another place other than Costco to get churros. I mean, where else can you get churros? Oh, um. What Jesse eats and Mr. Frankstagram and I went to Matador. They have churros in West Seattle, apparently. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, know, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either, but it'd be nice to have some better dessert spots where you can go after a movie just to hang out, just something mm-hmm. that's open late at night till midnight or 1am that you can just hang out, have dessert, have a date night or just with friends and just hang out. And just, that's what we need. I think we need mm-hmm. more of. Another thing I wrote down was poutine. I don't know, maybe because I was thinking about Canada and go up to Vancouver and we don't have anything that, that just does poutine or French fries and mm-hmm. gravy on it. Maybe we can do poutine. And my other thing was soft serve ice cream. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm probably thinking about whiz bang bar out in Portland, but there's just not a lot of soft serve. And we, you and I, and a lot of other friends, we always have discussions. Like there's not a lot of places for soft serve. Homer does great soft serve. Yeah. Um, you can get that out of the, the window matcha man as well and also nana's green tea but there's not a lot of places that serve soft serve that you can know and i will double down on this one because what you don't know is last night i was chatting with somebody about this very issue my double down is japanese soft serve and so i'm talking 12 uh-huh. percent butterfat i'm talking beautifully designed cones that are super tall and super light it just it's they're so decadent and so delicious and we don't really do that kind of soft serve here. Mm, yes. Okay, Monica. Question number two. Next question is from at Salmonella, friend of the podcast. So check out her episode. And the question is, who are a couple of your favorite ideas? So Nelson and I talked about what this means, like what what we should focus on. We decided to focus on food accounts outside uh, Seattle. So Nelson, what do you have on your list? That's right. If we just did favorite fruit IGers in Seattle, we would lose a lot of IG friends because we'd probably just say, hey, you should follow Moni B. Seattle. She's got, she's got a great food account. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I broke it down into two things because when I'm on Instagram, I look mm-hmm. at, obviously there's two components to it, right? There's people that mm-hmm. do Instagram stories that do it really well. And then there are people that I can like to scroll through and look at their posts and they post regularly, probably either daily or once every other day and something I can see. And for me, this guy doesn't have like 10,000 followers or anything like that. But his stories, I mean, he travels around the world. I'm talking about Snapchat Live. You guys got to check him out. Right now he's in Europe. I think he was, he's in Morocco right now. Um, so he's in the Middle East, I think, right now. But he's traveling all over the world pretty much after college, sold everything, and then decided to just travel all around the world. And he's been blogging it 
on his YouTube channel as well as the Instagram stories. Everything he ate, he rates everything by rocket ships. It's pretty <laughs> funny, Monica. And he only has about 3,500 followers, so it's not a lot, but he is constantly putting out tons and tons of stories. He's traveling by cheap, so he's staying in hostels all over. And it's such a fun experience. And I just love everything he eats. Just yeah. not everything is fancy. Not everything is expensive. It's he's just all the attractions is if it's too much, he won't go visit because he wants to show you how you can travel for cheap because he's doing it and live it. I mean, I think he's been in Europe for over three months now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. It could he be came a lot here, longer. right? He came here. He did come That's here. Right. I believe what Chesley Eats met up with yeah. him. When he was, I think he just did it for a day before he went up to Canada. Mm-hmm. I think he is so fun to to watch his stories. I just love watching him all, like all three of them. There's a lot of stories to go through. Mm-hmm. Now, as for posts, I follow this person because I can't replicate her photography. And it's Lady and Pups. I'm not sure where she's from. She might be out of New York. I love dark food photography, Monica, like magazine style dark photography. I cannot, because you have to replicate it in a studio with different lighting and it's a lot of different photo editing and Photoshop. So Lady and Pups has some amazing photos and I just love that dark photography, just, Mm -hmm. just magazine style shoots that, that they do. There's someone that does it in Seattle. Her name's Flavor Filled, but she does it at a way, way higher professional level, Lady and Pups. Because Flavor Field is kind of a, she's she's more of an amateur photographer, but Lady and Pups, it's it's amazing. The photography is amazing. You guys should check that out. And so that would be mm-hmm. the one I would I would tell you guys to follow. How about you, mm-hmm. Monica? For me, I follow people um, in certain areas because I'm interested in the food scene. So for example, as you know, we live in Seattle and two of the closest places that we love to get away to are Portland and Canada. So um, I was going to talk about Vancouver, but I decided not to because I follow way too many Vancouver foodies to name them all off. Um, But there is someone in Victoria that I follow, and we actually met her over the summer, and that's at I underscore am underscore miss underscore Jen. So I am Miss Jen. And I love learning about places because I try to go to Victoria once or twice a year. And so I feel like I'm behind on the food scene. Um, And and so I just find her her stories really helpful. She doesn't post a lot, but there's a lot of stories. So that's what I follow. The other one is in Portland. And so I I follow quite a few people in Portland and was just down there a couple months ago. So the Portland account I follow is at foodbellypdx. And so these two sisters are from Vancouver and they, they're living out their food dreams in Portland. And they're a lot of fun. So it's both. I actually love watching their stories and their posts. So it's a really nice combination. They're always um, kind of like us, you know, they're at events for openings and, you know, attending all these things. And so what's hot? In the area. So I feel like I'm, I'm fairly well up to speed um, by following their account uh, for when I do go to Portland, which I think I'm doing in the spring. So those are my two accounts. Perfect. Let's go to number three. Question number three is, and it's by i 5 Seattle. If the place has good food, do you care if they have good service? Monica, what do you think? Um, for me, it depends on what it is. So if it's like transactional, there's a cafe in the central district um, that has really bad service. I don't go there and I'll just get my pastry somewhere else. I mean, it's been 
consistently bad and I don't need to go there. Um, some dim sum restaurants I know get a really bad rap because they don't have um, sort of traditionally defined good service. But some of that is also cultural, so I'll still go. To me, it also matters if it's a one-time thing. Like you can go to a place that you've been going to a long time and experience bad service and feel comfortable talking to, you know, the manager or the owner and be like, hey, you know, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's an off day, but this was my experience. But if it's consistent, then I won't. I won't keep going. So it's for, hmm. for me, it absolutely does matter. Okay. For me, long story short, probably no. Mm -hmm. The reason I say that is there are several restaurants that are notorious for having bad service and you're just expecting it, but you still go back because the food is <laughs> well above par. One, one of the restaurants that a lot of people know about is Burnett's Pub out in Renton. My best friend told me is like, just it's okay. We're best friends. So we can talk for an hour because that's how long it's going to take for our food to come. <laughs> so it's the, the wings are really, really good. And we still go back. We just, ex we just know to expect that there's going to be bad service. I do agree going to certain restaurants and expecting good service and then mm -hmm. getting bad service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that puts a bad taste in my mouth. There are, there have been several incidences, but if you know, walking in beforehand that the service is going to be kind of below or even the defunct. Oh, I miss this place, Monica Bakeman's mm -hmm. Bakeman's. We love Bakeman's for their Turkey sandwiches. Jason is not the nicest person because <laughs> he <laughs> wants to just get everyone through the line because there's so many people waiting in line. Mm -hmm. He's, he's a little bit brash and he's, he's not the, he's not the best person for customer service, but you just tend to, you just try to expect it. I'm okay with not having good service to have delicious food. And you see, I don't think Jason provided bad service. He was just busy. He, he didn't busy. provide I mean, bad service, but he's just. I got I got a lot of free lunches because of Jason making other people pay for my lunch. Because <laughs> 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 you know I work right over by there, so yeah, I've been I, I've been going to. Well, I went to Bakeman's for a lot of years, so I feel like I feel like my my benefits were pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just it's, it wasn't just him. It's also the rest of the staff because mm -hmm. they're trying to serve as many people through that line, and especially the person at the beginning. I forgot his name is he was, he was really, he's, he's really a nice guy, but he's just trying to get through. And you would just tell him the order, like two turkey sandwiches, one with wheat, one with white. Mm -hmm. But then if there's people, he goes like, are you fit? Are you swimming? Or are you staying here? Like, <laughs> swimming? I don't know what swimming is. I was like, to go, to go. And they're like, and you're and they're getting flustered. <laughs> so yeah. And then there are also, you know, I'm not going to, not to stereotype, but there's also the, the restaurants in the ID in Chinatown mm -hmm. is again, serving and trying to serve as many people They they're coming to come in, take your order, bring your food. And then at the end, bring your check. That's the three times you ever see them, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, they're sure. not going to come in and say like, how was everything? How's, how was dinner? They don't, they're just going <laughs> to take your order and then hand you your bill at the end. That's, that's pretty much all they're going to do. And mm -hmm. if you do need something, then you need to literally t bring your flags and like start waving them in the air to get their attention. And <laughs> that's just, again, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural mm -hmm. thing. All right, Monica, how about you tell us about question number four? Question number four is comes to us from at registered foodie. And the question is, what are your go-to chain fast food joints and what do you order? So Nelson, what are yours? I wrote down an answer for this. And it's Jollibee's, but I couldn't use, I'm not going to use Jollibee's because fast food, what, what's considered fast food? I'm thinking like 
something with the drive-through window. Yes, that's right? what I think okay. as well. Okay, Jollibee's would have been one of my answers, but I'm gonna go ahead and eliminate that and veto that. For me, it's definitely Jack in the Box, mm-hmm. the late night Jack's munchy meal, and the specific <laughs> one I get is the stacked grilled cheeseburger, which is this half cheeseburger, half grilled cheese, and you get two tacos, and you get a mix of the curly fries and the regular fries and a medium soft drink. Instead of getting a soft drink, I usually get, there's a specific drink that they advertised about a year ago, and they still have it. It's called Jumpin' Jack Splash, which is this. <laughs> Type of fruit punch from Jack in the Box. That is my go-to fast food. Fruit punch, really? Yeah, fruit punch. Heck yes. (laughs) If they have Powerade, I'm doing Powerade. (laughs) I'm doing Powerade too. Yeah, heck yeah. So Monica, I've been trying to not eat a lot of fast food. That's why Mm -hmm. I always always do something I call Fast Food Friday. So Mm -hmm. whenever it's Friday and I'm craving fast food, I will go and get fast food. Every other day, I won't do I won't do it. Just just that one specific day. And if I don't decide not to do it on Friday, then I'll have to wait until the next Friday to Mm -hmm. do it. However, other than that late night munchy meal, I'm a sucker for chicken sandwiches. So chicken sandwiches and the cheaper chicken sandwiches, like the McChickens, the regular chicken sandwich at Jack in the Box or the spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's or what's what's another one? I I, the Burger King, the original chicken sandwich at Burger King, the long one, the long, the long chicken sandwich. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think the reason I always choose chicken sandwiches is because at restaurants or just other places that are more formal, I don't order a chicken sandwich. I just. Yeah. I just don't, other than uh, unless it's like Maono's or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, chicken sandwiches and a late night munchie meal. Yeah, that's <laughs> mine. How about you, Monica? I agree with you, Nelson. Generally, I don't eat at fast food places, and I try to keep it to once a week. And it's not just uh, because just because it's fast food. I mean, I I like to eat places where they cook with real ingredients and make the food to order. So fast food is typically not that. But every Saturday morning, um, when I'm at, when I'm around, which is most Saturdays with my family, we eat at McDonald's, and so we just grab it to go. One of us will go and grab it, and my go-to order is a sausage McMuffin and a hash brown. So um, that's pretty much every week, once a week. Uh, Some of my other favorites are uh, Taco Bell. (laughs) So I love the Mexican pizza from Taco Bell. I know it's like not a Mexican pizza. It's just whatever. Do they still sell that? (laughs) Yeah, they do. They still sell it? They do? <laughs> yeah, okay. you just ask for it. You just ask for it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And then um, a Wendy's Frosty. It's cheap and it's frozen and it's chocolate and I crave it. And it's just one of my favorite fast food things. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and our final question of the night is from our friend Boba Eggs. Not a friend of the podcast yet, so she hasn't been on our show. <laughs> However, her question Burn. is, <laughs> how did you guys become besties? That's an interesting question, Monica. Yeah. How do we become besties? Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't give that answer because it's actually hinge. That's what we said on Seattle's Worst Podcast. Oh, okay. Hinge. We can't say that. Hinge. Yes. Hinge. Um, I prefer I prefer Hinge because it's a little bit more professional. Tinder just kind of seems <laughs> yeah. like any anyone can be on Tinder. I mean, any, <laughs> it's just Hinge the, is more professional. It's more professional. The person that's li- been living in my basement for 15 years mm-hmm. that I don't know about can be mm-hmm. on Tinder. It's just, yeah, sure. at least on Hinge, it's it's you kind of know it the person because it's a mutual mm-hmm. friend of a mutual friend. Yeah, so yeah. Hinge, Hinge is a good answer. <laughs> Hinge is a good answer. Okay. 
I don't know. I mean, I think everybody knows our origin story from episode one. If you don't uh, head back and listen to that about how we met on Instagram and then met at a meetup called Breakfast Club and how we just sort of talked about um, the podcast. But I think that is a different story than how we actually became friends, because I think it's one thing to um, interact with someone online and another thing to feel comfortable with someone where like we're friends, where we talk about personal things that we don't talk about with other people and that we support each other, you know, as friends and uh, enjoy being together. So I, I think that just comes with time. And I don't know about you, Nelson, but like, you know, the more time you spend with someone and I gotta say, sometimes we'd be together like eight days in a row. Like that's really messed up. I would see you more than I saw my family, but it's, yeah. you know, it's the time, I guess, that you spend together. I totally agree with you. I think it's, we, we just kind of had a good connection and chemistry as friends is mm -hmm. because we would go and eat out together one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I don't eat with a lot of foodie friends, just one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's usually in a group setting. And if someone says like, Hey, let's go eat, then I'll be like, okay. But usually it's just once or twice. And, but mm -hmm. I just realized, I think when we just kept eating together and just hanging out and just doing these like dinners together, mm -hmm. it was, it was a lot more fun. And it's just like, it just kind of made me realize like, okay, yeah, I can hang out with you more than once and on a regular mm -hmm. basis. And that's how yeah. we become, and that's how you get good chemistry. And mm -hmm. like I said, there's, there's only a few, a few foodie friends that I will, I will do that with. And yeah. I agree. You know, that list for me is about five people really, yeah. where, you know, first of all, it's scheduling, right? So, so one right. is scheduling, but two is actually, you know, um, is this how I want to spend my time? You know, I, I have limited time and, and it's not that I don't like talking to people one-on-one -on -one, cause I do all the time online, but it's just like, just having that time and space to be able to do it is hard. And so sometimes like having a group of people together is just easier. We're like, Oh, I can catch up with a whole bunch of people. And if we're, if we're all going out at once, you know, cause I haven't seen a lot of people in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Monica. Wow. I said short show, but apparently it's not short. We're, we're running a little bit longer, but that's okay. We do have an interview today. Tell us about our interview, Monica. All right. I had a chance to sit down with one of the co-founders of At Abio Kitchen, and they're a new cookware company that launched earlier this year. Eric Wall, who we're interviewing today, and his brother Jonathan created this company after they saw a need based on their experience as home cooks. And here's our interview with Eric. Hey, everybody. Our guest today is Eric Wall, who co-founded Abio, a producer of direct-to-consumer cookware with his brother, Jonathan. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Really great to have you. So I'm a huge fan of Abio, but let's get started. Why don't you tell us what Abio is and how it all got started? Sure. Abio is a direct-to-consumer cookware brand that I started with my brother. We launched Abio about 12 weeks ago now. So we're just in the process of sorting, building some excitement around the brand starting in Seattle. We're both born and raised in Seattle, and we really wanted to focus on the local community, getting you know, influencers such as yourself involved, getting them excited about the brand and just sort of taking it from there. We started Abio because we wanted to fill a gap that we saw in the kitchenware space. Both my brother and I cook a lot and we were fortunate to be raised in a family that really valued the idea of cooking together and eating as a family. And as we got through high school and college, we quickly realized that that wasn't really the norm. Uh, and eventually we moved actually we moved in together in Los Angeles. We lived together for about five years in Los Angeles. 
And while living together, we cooked a lot, but we realized that cookware wasn't very accessible. There were two, or at least we saw two sort of very clear extremes. On one end, you had your 15-piece sets that you bought on Amazon or Target or Ikea or wherever, and it usually was cheap anodized aluminum. You may only use two or three pieces, and then you'd end up throwing it away, and you'd sort of do that over and over again, and it was just kind of this never-ending cycle. On the other end of the spectrum, you had your all-clads, and you had your really fancy French brands, your Maviels, your Hestons, and your pieces that were hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And for somebody who's you know, 24, 25, that's, that's not very accessible. So we thought that there could be something that sort of landed in the middle and was really high quality, but was still attainable, was still accessible for somebody who didn't have a huge pile of money to spend on cookware. So that's kind of where the idea of Avio was born. We were very fortunate to have an advisor of ours who has a lot of experience in the cookware manufacturing space. Uh, and so she sort of walked us through the process. She introduced us to the right people, <laughs> held our hands, I guess, if you will, as we developed the product. And we ended up with something that we're really, really excited about. Mm -hmm. So our set is a five-piece set. Uh, it's two different nonstick skillets. It's a saute pan, a saucepan, and a stock pot. We feel that it is the only set of cookware that you'll need, and it, it will absolutely last you a lifetime. It's tri-ply. It's clad, which means it's two layers of stainless steel sandwiched around a layer of aluminum. It's going to give you the best performance. It's going to heat really evenly. It's really, really durable. It's what most chefs would use in their sort of professional kitchens and what really experienced home cooks would buy at a Sur La Table or a Williams-Sonoma. And we're able, able to offer it for about half of the price as a traditional uh, brand at mm -hmm. a traditional retailer. So we're really, really, really thrilled. I know you've used it. All the feedback that we've got on the product has been over, you know, overwhelmingly positive, and and we're excited to just keep getting it in people's hands and have people use it and and develop the product and see what happens. You said a lot in there, and for sure, um, my experience with the cookware has been absolutely amazing. So, I mean, like you were saying, when I was younger. I really couldn't afford really good cookware in, in my early years and definitely couldn't afford to eat out all the time. So what I ended up with was a bunch of stuff that was cheap that wouldn't last very long. And I remember in my 20s, the first time I was able to afford an expensive set of cookware. It was great, but, you know, it was it was a lot. It was like buying a, like a mattress, like a bed. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, absolutely. I mean, it's super expensive. Absolutely. And so when I tried these out, I really wasn't sure what to expect, but we use it in my house daily for really basic things like frying eggs, and it does that fantastic yeah. job of that. But also, you know, I come from Hawaii, so we marinate a lot of things in a lot of uh, sugar and soy bases, mm -hmm. which means it caramelizes and really just kills nonstick. And yeah. I haven't found that to be the case here. It's such a breeze to clean up. And now I've turned into a commercial for Avio. <laughs> no, um, thank you. Sorry. As someone who does cook with a lot of sugar, um, it's really difficult to clean pots and pans, especially yeah. nonstick. Stainless you can scrape off and you can kill, but but really that nonstick. So you talked a little bit earlier about that triply, but I'm just, I mean, as a consumer, I'm wondering, like, how does it happen where no one else has figured this out, but somehow you guys have? So the nonstick specifically is something that we're really excited about. I mean, we're excited about the entire all, the, the entire product, all the product, but, but we spent a lot of time developing uh, a proprietary coating. So we're the only cookware manufacturer anywhere that is 
that is applying this specific nonstick coating to our pans. When we were developing the product, we spent a lot of time talking to our friends, our family, chefs, everyone that would that was willing to have a conversation with us. And we asked, you know, what do you dislike about home cookware? And the most common piece of feedback was, well, it's not very durable. And especially my nonstick is not, not very durable. You know, we went back to the drawing board and we said, what can we do? Why hasn't anyone figured this out? There are some technical limitations to what you can do with nonstick, but there are a few things that we did that no one else has really done yet with coatings. Our testing has been really, really, really great, not just in a lab, but also mm -hmm. from a consumer side. We found that because of the, the way the coating is applied and because we have actually a layer of metal particulate in our coating, we're able to, to sell a product that has durability that no other nonstick on the market has and retain while retaining all of the sort of nonstick capabilities, the, the egg test and kind of all the things that anyone would, would mm -hmm. want out of out of a nonstick product. So mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited by it. We certainly hope it's not a nonstick product that's gonna get recycled every you know couple years. And so far, so good. So mm -hmm. I'm glad you noticed that. That's exciting, <laughs> that's great. It is. And actually when I did my, my fried egg test, I didn't put anything in it. It yeah. was just literally yeah, yeah, yeah. the egg in the pan, so. Yeah, so it's not about, you know, it's not always about cooking healthy, but for those who, <laughs> you know, coming up on the new year and we're talking mm -hmm. about maybe being a little bit more careful about mm -hmm. what we eat, you don't have to use any oil mm -hmm. in our nonstick pans. And that's true for eggs, it's true for proteins, mm -hmm. it's true for vegetables. Yep. If you do want to do something that's really simple mm -hmm. and really easy, whip out the nonstick and, and have a go. Mm -hmm. So I know you all just launched, yeah. <laughs> but with the reaction of consumers just being so amazing, what are you thinking about for the future? One of our brand values is simplicity. And as we grow, we really want to sort of maintain that value. And, and something that a lot of other brands have done and continue to do is expand product lines into sort of ancillary products that may or may not be necessary in the kitchen. You won't see us come out with four different size saute pans. You won't see us come out with different skillets or a million different stock pots. Instead, I think you'll see will help you will help give you products that just sort of add to your arsenal and complement Avio cookware. So, excuse me, I don't know exactly what that is right mm -hmm. now, but things like utensils, mm -hmm. things like bakeware, all of the essentials that you need in your kitchen to cook a great meal, we want to be able to provide you, but we don't want to give you a bunch of stuff that's going to mm -hmm. sit in the back of, of your cabinet that mm -hmm. you're never going to use. That's just not us. That's not okay. our brand. So you'll, you'll definitely see more products, but they won't be cookware necessarily. Mm -hmm. I actually love that, that you have core values that you're going yeah. to stick to. But I have to ask, why no lids? <laughs> so I have to ask. That's a good question. They're not the only person to, to ask that. Uh, you can use the the stockpot lid. We just we didn't use lids on our nonstick skillets. It was usually just we were mm -hmm. using it to fry and or scramble eggs, and it was something that we didn't really consider. There are a couple companies that are doing sort of all-in-one lids, which are very cool, and maybe that's mm -hmm. a potential product extension for Avio. But yeah, I, I don't have a great answer for okay, that otherwise. That's okay. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> that's okay. It's a good question. Yeah. And you know, sure. I mean, when I'm frying things, I'm not thinking about a lid, but there's other things that yeah, I do in a saute sure. pan and definitely in, in the, um, you know, stock pot. But yeah. I have well, so, one, so. so the stock pot and the saute pan and the saucepan mm -hmm. do have lids. Okay. The, this, it's the two, the large nonstick skillet and the small nonstick mm -hmm. skillet that do not have lids. Mm -hmm. So you can use the lids from the other products on, on, on the mm -hmm. nonstick skillets, but it's not a perfect fit. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. Yeah. And I love, I, we haven't mentioned this, that you can actually put it in your oven. Yes. So that so was amazing. also very important. All of the stainless cookware, so the, the stock saute mm-hmm. and sauce are oven safe, as hot as your oven will get, essentially. <laughs> I mean, unless you're, I'm assuming none of your listeners have commercial ovens that get to 850 <laughs> degrees or yeah. kilns that they're cooking in. So let's be safe <laughs> and say what the website says, which is 450 degrees. Yeah, the nonstick, <laughs> uh, and, and the nonstick especially. So a lot of nonsticks are not oven safe, and most people don't know that, Degree. especially with ceramic. One of the hot new trends in cookware is ceramic coatings. And a ceramic coating is not a true ceramic. It's actually a combination of materials. And one of the materials in those coatings um, is actually silicon. And so you can't put silicon in a hot oven mm-hmm. and people don't necessarily talk about that. You wouldn't want to put it in your hair and, and eat your hair. You wouldn't want to put silicon on anything that you're going to consume. Um, so people do need to be careful about, mm-hmm. about ceramic coatings. And then with, with cheaper nonsticks, they're just not applied very well. They will burn off and they're not unhealthy. So I don't want people to be afraid of what are called PFOA. That's kind of been a buzzword these days in the cooking community. Are all of our cookware is made without PFOA and 99% of the cookware that you're going to see in the market is also made without PFOA. So that's not a real concern anymore. But a lot of the cheaper nonstick coatings are not oven, oven friendly, oven mm-hmm. safe. So yeah, we want you to be able to go, you know, stovetop to oven, have all of the cookware be really flexible and, and that was important. So mm-hmm. absolutely oven safe. Right. Okay. So this is a food podcast. And yeah. so aside from, you know, when you're at home cooking with yeah. your Abio cookware, uh, where are you eating around town? What are you eating around town? I'll talk about, I guess I'll mention a few of my Seattle favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many amazing new restaurants in the city and there's, it feels like there's a restaurant opening every week that people say you have to try. But the places that I've sort of been going to forever that I love, uh, Le Pichet is one of my favorites. I think if you want a really, really great consistent meal and a bottle of wine, go on a date, it's, it's perfect. I grew up in North Seattle, or I went to, excuse me, I went to school in North Seattle growing up. And I went to Tubbs probably twice a week. I don't know if, if any of you guys are familiar with Tubbs, but the firecracker is <laughs> one of the best sandwiches ever. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Of course, I love Dick's. I love all of Renee Erickson's restaurants. I think that, you know, what Eduardo Jordan is doing is really exciting you know, these I'm sure are not surprising to anyone. <laughs> well, Tubbs was a little surprising. Yeah, maybe Tubbs. <laughs> maybe but, Tubbs. But other than that, there's, it's, it's a really exciting time to be in Seattle. And, and that's also one of the reasons why we, we wanted our brand to be Seattle-focused. I think Seattle oftentimes doesn't get the love in the cooking world that a place like LA or New York or even San Francisco or Chicago might get. And there's so much good food and so many chefs doing really exciting things in the city that we wanted to tap into that and we wanted to become a part of that community. So hopefully we'll, we'll have people as excited about us as we are excited about them, especially in the cooking community. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, all of, the, all of the feedback about the product has been great and, and everyone has been really accepting of us and excited to hear that we're Seattle focused and, and we want to grow locally. That's all been wonderful, and, and I'm excited to keep trying all of the restaurants that keep opening because it seems like it never ends. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eric. Thank you. It was, it was really great. And that's our interview with Eric Wall of Abio. Nelson, I don't know about you, but I love this line of cookware, and I've tested it with really basic cooking and with the stickiest things I can think of, and <laughs> it's still going strong. And on top of it, for our listeners, get this. 
Abio has partnered with the podcast to give you 25% off. That is one quarter off the price with the code FOODIE, F-O-O-D-I-E. And that's a great discount. And I am telling you, the nonstick pans are amazing. Yes. Monica, from your interview, you were talking about marinated meats. I can totally relate with you because there's a lot of times where I would do Colby or Mm -hmm. something else and I would cook it in a different pan that's supposed to be in quotes nonstick. And Mm -hmm. like you said, the sugar just caramelizes and just hardens and it's just Mm -hmm. hard to, just hard to wash out and scrub out. And sometimes it just, it can't even get out. So, but with these pans, they slide right off, Monica. It slides right <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a catchy line. <laughs> now, during your interview with Eric, you mentioned that a surprising choice that he said was tub sandwiches. Have you mm-hmm. ever had tub sandwiches before? A long time ago when I first moved to Seattle. So I've lived in Seattle for a very long time. Amazing. It's amazing, Monica. In Lake City Way, and there's also one in Linwood. The firecracker is good. The one he recommended. (laughs) I love the Joker's Dip. The Joker's Mm -hmm. Dip is one of the best sandwiches I've had in Seattle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I found it. A long time ago, Eater would use, they still do it. Like the best sandwiches to eat, like a heater map, the Eater map. And Mm -hmm. they would tell places and so you know how much i love sandwiches so i tried to hit like all 12 different sandwich shops that they recommended (laughs) and i i think i did i think i did hit all 12 well a lot of them are closed by now like bakeman's is closed but tubs is still one of my favorites and this sandwich had turkey ham roast beef all the meats and then they give you this tub of barbecue sauce and you dip it in there it is the most amazing sandwich you'll ever have you guys Mm. Yeah, I always well, get I always get the large, always get the large because it's totally. so good. Well, it's because I I don't like sandwiches, right? So I I like really good sandwiches, but like I'm not looking for sandwiches. Like if I have a place that you know, or a couple places that serves like three great sandwiches, and those are the places I'm going to go to. Well, you would love this sandwich if you had the Joker's dip. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, just saying. Okay. And then if you don't, okay, you can come, you can go with me, and if you don't like it, I will eat yours after i finish mine (laughs) you know you're not the only it's funny like all my friends right now are doing like money back guarantees with me like you do this and if you don't like it i'll pay it or i'll eat it or i'll do this or i'll do that (laughs) trying to no no, i'm not i'm not i'm not paying for it i'm not paying for it you're gonna buy it if you don't want to if you're gonna waste it i'm gonna eat it for you i'm not paying for your meal i'm not doing a money back guarantee i'm just eating it for you yeah no 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 we're not that great friends like that. <laughs> oh yeah. I got you mixed up with somebody else. Sorry. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> we're not besties like that, that I'm going to refund you back whatever you didn't, whatever, because you just, because you didn't like your meal. Mom. You heard it here at Boba Eggs. Retta, <laughs> I hate to crush your dreams, but the reality is a real answer is that we're not, we're not besties. <laughs> Crushing your dreams. I know. <laughs> She's so young to be to have her dreams crushed like that. She's just mm-hmm. so young. <laughs> Monica, that's our show for tonight. Merry Christmas, Monica. Aww. We can finally officially say that. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Are you guys what are you guys doing? Are you gonna go to your brother and sister in law and, and do all that fun stuff that you guys normally do with the family? Or are you gonna stay at home or what's what are you doing with your son? You, you still shopping for him? I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> all my shopping's been done for a while. I just need <laughs> do some Christmas cards. And then um, I didn't get to tell you this, Nelson, but I'm cutting my hair tomorrow and it's going to be pretty Ooh. significant. 
So oh, didn't consult your bestie before you <laughs> cut your hair, Monica. <laughs> I I told a few people yesterday when we were together and <laughs> never had a chance to tell you, but yeah, it, a bunch of hair is coming off tomorrow. So I'm a little nice. nervous, but also great uh, time to do it during vacation in case anything goes wrong. Get buy a wig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, Christmas dinner it was at, is at my brother and sister-in-law's house. And so we'll be doing Christmas dinner there. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'll be trying to drag my kid out of the house during his Christmas break to do some quote unquote fun stuff um, that I'm oh, sure yeah. he'll be miserable at. But, you know, um, I, I don't have that much time with him left. You know, it's only a few more years. So he goes off to college. So. Um, I have to keep torturing him with things like, you know, Gingerbread Village and the Carousel and all this yeah. stuff. So I talked to him the other. I talked to him the other week. He said Hello Kitty Museum. Just a hint, hint. <laughs> I'm sure he said that. <laughs> I'm sure he said that. You know, you shouldn't be so mean to him. He says he really likes you. I'm not trying to be mean to your son. <laughs> and he's like me. He doesn't really like a lot of people. And he's just like, I like Nelson. And I'm all, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's so nice. He's a hard sell. He's a hard sell, that one. I, I know. He's a very hard sell. But mm -hmm. I, I think that's why I like him. Uh, <laughs> okay, everyone. That's so. We had so much fun in the show. Uh, <laughs> what a great time. Everyone, if you are celebrating out there, Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas this week. Happy holidays. Christmas Eve. We're gonna we're gonna be good Chinese people and go out and eat Chinese food on Christmas Eve, yes. Monica. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're 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 so Chinese. We're not even making reservations. We're just gonna show up. That's, oh, yeah. that's how we're Chinatown doing. on Christmas Eve is like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> really, the I thought dim sum. I thought dim sum on Christmas Day is the worst. No, maybe not oh. because people are like in the morning. Eve worse yeah because yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get out of the house in the morning if you got any kids at all because they just want to open up presents so it's hard to get out but like christmas eve like you gotta you gotta you gotta keep everybody up right because you're gonna let your kids open a couple presents or whatever so you gotta keep them up you gotta plan an activity and like eating and standing in line for four hours is the way to do it <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, merry christmas everyone and happy eating seattle Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast. 